Boom, boom. How's going? How's going? It is I, your boy again. And today I've got my co-host. You do know when uh, Gareth is in the house, we are talking about anything and around everything around the property. Yes. So today we decided to talk about that paperwork that you need to do, that paperwork that is called the offer to purchase. And a lot of us are scared to actually just sign on the dotted line because we don't know it's 55 pages and we get scared. Now, Gareth, good morning and how are you? Hi, excellent and you? Very well, thanks man. Gareth, there is this paperwork that is called an offer to purchase. What is it? A lot of us, we get scared uh, when we are going to see a house and then someone else brings in this document and they ask us to sign it on the fly uh, at many a times, they want to already tell us one the document and, and then just say, sign here, sign here. And I think let's dive in a little bit. And on top of that, Gareth, we've also seen houses where someone has got an affidavit, they went to the police station and they said, this is, I bought this house here. Is that an offer to purchase? So today we're going to unpack all of this. But what is an offer to purchase, Gareth? Okay, TJ, before we jump into that, uh, I just want to clear up a misconception. Um, a couple of people have uh, seen the previous video that we shot, and uh, you can follow that on, on the M5 uh, videos. Uh, but if you're uh, on that video, a couple of people uh, have said to me, oh, that's a nice uh, virtual background that I have. Uh, I just want to show people that <laughs> real books here that I can take out, real books. <laughs> <laughs> and and that it's that, that, that we are in a real uh, yeah. place yeah okay so, <laughs> so now that I've cleared up that uh, misconception can I I'll, I'll jump onto the the offers to purchase all right the one issue that you raised obviously is 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 what is an offer to purchase and firstly there are a few essentials you've got to name the parties you've got to describe the property and you've got to uh, give the price so those are essentials and also that it must be in writing. Now, when you say it must be in writing, some, uh, not some people, a lot of people who don't know any better, uh, mm. go to the police station, sign an affidavit and says that uh, Mr. X has sold the property to Mrs. Y for this amount and they sign an affidavit and, and the, the police are not there to check if it's a valid agreement of sale or anything like that they they just commission the affidavit because the parties have sworn it's the truth and that that's as far as the police's obligation goes and people then believe that they have purchased that property uh, that it's it's theirs now they then go and uh, sell it to someone else on the same basis and the next thing you know um, three or four owners down the line the original owner is still reflected on the title deed as being the owner and actually no transfers have taken place and when an issue comes down the line uh, it's a problem. So um, people must realize that, that that you must have a written offer to purchase. It doesn't have to be uh, signed by before commission of oaths or anything like that, um, but that the, the offer must then subsequently be registered as a transfer in the deeds office. And only when the new owner, um, the, the title deed reflects the new owner, that's when the, the, the transfer has gone through. Yeah. If we look at... On that question, on that point, uh, Gareth, the question then that follows is who should provide the offer to purchase? So you do have some properties where I'm approaching the seller directly, uh, Mrs. Y, <coughs> Mrs. Y. Um, so there is no Eastern agent there. So I just want to clarify there, 
whose responsibility is it to have an offer to purchase? Okay. In most cases, there's an estate agent involved. Um, not in all cases. Uh, obviously, in the example you just cited where you, you've identified uh, some an opportunity yourself, there's not an estate agent involved. And the estate agents have their standard um, offers to purchase. In 99% of cases, those offers to purchase are perfectly sufficient to get the job done. Right. But as a professional property investor, you should start developing your own set of uh, offers to purchase that suit your requirements, look after your needs, and uh, take care of, of, of your money. If you're buying a, a, a property to, to live in, um, you're not looking then at, at any additional things that you need to take care of other than that it's a nice house and, and the, the person who's selling it is the actual owner, that, that would generally suffice. But as a property investor, you need to look at a lot of other things, for example, zoning requirements, whether you can subdivide or not, things to enhance the value of the property uh, as an investment. And, and those are sort of uh, things that, that you would then put into your own agreement that would never ever be in a standard um, offer to purchase that's provided by the estate agent. I think if you, um, anyone who's been to any uh, decent property learning experience um, will have heard the saying, you make your money when you buy and not when you sell. Right. So right. in other words, you've got to ensure that everything when you buy is to your advantage so that by the time you sell, you can sell at a market related price because you bought it at an advantageous, in an advantageous situation at the beginning. And the, and the best way to ensure that is to have your own offer to purchase with your own requirements uh, su uh, suited to your own needs. So uh, uh, OTP is a very, very flexible document. You know, once we go down the line and start the registration process, the title deed has title conditions and things in that are very uh, hard to change as, as the process unfolds. So when you can have the most flexibilities right at the beginning when you make the, when you prepare the offer to purchase, because you can pretty much put anything into an offer to purchase that you want. As long as it's not illegal, you can put in anything there. Right. So what you're saying here, Gareth, I think I'm picking up two things here. If you're serious about your journey of being a property investor, it's a, it's a requirement. I have my own offer to purchase, right? That we have, we spent money with an attorney, we went to see, we consulted the end and offer to purchase was drafted. Um, and over the years, we do an annual review. Recently, Gareth, you've been reviewing some of our documentations on an annual on an annual review. We do that. So, if you're serious about it, because laws changes and things like that. Um, but to start off with, as a template, you need to have your own template that you need to have. And within that template, uh, I think a lot of us we want to go to CNA buy for something for ten rand or we want to ask our bra John. And I always say to people, your circumstances are different from bra John. So what you need to have is your own, your own conversation with your own attorney. Gareth is one of those people that you can reach out to or any other one, for as long as they are reputable in the, in the property space. Then out of that, you will now have your template. So if an estate agent, now let's come back Gareth to a situation where there's an estate agent now. And the estate agent brings out their contract, which has been drafted by them, but you now have your own, which is obviously in favor of you here. Um, is that allowed? Uh, how do you navigate that? And from a law perspective, uh, whose, whose contract should go in here? 
uh, you are the buyer. Okay. What all buyers and investors should remember is that there are not that many qualified buyers out there. Right. Therefore, if you are a qualified buyer, you are in a privileged position where the estate agent and the seller want your money. The, I, call, the, I, call it, I call it I'm in power, girl. That's what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great position to be in. And because you're in that position, there are very, very, very few agents or sellers um, who will simply refuse to accept your um, offer to purchase. Right. So if the, if the agent is, is nevertheless stubborn and, and refusing to, to, to accept it, you must remember that in terms of an agent's um, mandate and the, and the requirements of the Property Practitioners Act and, and previously the State Agency Affairs Act, um, the agent is obliged to present every offer that they receive to the seller. So if you prepare the offer in your, on your own template, in your, in your own way, with your own requirements, um, whatever those requirements are, the, the, the um, estate agent must present that offer to the, the, the uh, seller, and it's up to the seller then to accept or, or reject it. And once the seller has got an offer in hand, um, whether it be on an estate agent's uh, template or on the purchaser's um, template, I cannot see that, that, that they would have an issue with it. I haven't right. encountered that. I've encountered some stubborn estate agents, but I've never encountered a seller that's willing to reject an offer simply because it's not an estate, estate agent's um, OTP. 100%. So now as a professional investor, Gareth, you know, whether you're doing it as side hustle, you know, you're still employed and you're just starting off things like that. Um, you can write an offer to purchase, you can complete it and things like that, but sometimes there's one or two things that can get you into trouble. Uh, or sometimes, what is it, some of those things that we need to be cautious upon, um, one or two clauses that I normally see that are hidden there uh, and I cancel them out or I, I write them because I've been hanging out with you for a while. Uh, I now know what to say, but what are some of those, what, what kind of tips can you throw out to, to us here in terms of to get you out of trouble or to get into your favor? Okay. Um, firstly, as I, as I mentioned a bit earlier, there are some standard clauses. If you look at the parties, the property and the uh, price, um, mm. but even within those, there are variations. So when you start with the parties, obviously you know who you are as the buyer, but do you really? Are you buying in a company? Are you buying in a trust? Are you buying in your own name? Uh, see our previous video as to why not to buy in your own name. But if you're buying in a company or trust, remember that you can buy for a company to be formed. So you don't even have to have that company uh, registered at the time you make the offer. You can go and register it afterwards. Then you just need to ensure that in the contract you have sufficient time. So usually it's about 30 days in which to register the, the company and that's quite easily achievable with the current registration times at uh, CRPC. However, with a trust, you can't do that. You're not allowed to buy in the name of a trust to be formed. The trust must already be formed at the time you make the offer. So that's something to look out for um, when, when making a, a, an offer is from your side as to what uh, your, your, uh, who you are as the buyer. As the seller, pull a Lightstone report or a wind deed report and make 100% sure, maybe uh, get a copy of the, the title deed, Make 100% sure that the seller is the seller. 
uh, not some scamster or, or, or sometimes not even a scam, some, sometimes just ignorant. The people think they own the property, but actually it's in the name of their spouse or their trust or whatever, and they're actually not entitled to sell uh, the, the property. Well, so make sure then from the seller's I've, perspective. I've seen also, that a lot, actually, Gareth. So, so then you've, you've got the parties. The property, again, you've pulled your Lightstone or Windy report. Uh, have a look. Um, look at the, the description on the, the title deed if you've managed to get a copy. Make sure that the property description is correct because also sometimes the uh, number that's written on the post box uh, outside in the street is, <laughs> is uh, from some other person's post box or something that, they, that, that the uh, owner of the house liked and, and merely put it in front of his house. Sometimes um, there's even some other discrepancies where it's a panhandle or a subdivision or something. People are not 100% sure of the property description. Make sure that it matches your, your reports. And then, then with the price, uh, that seems obvious, but it's not that obvious because does the price include or exclude uh, VAT? Um, is VAT even applicable? Um, mm. Is the state agent's commission included or excluded? That's important from the transfer duty uh, calculation perspective. Paying. Yeah. So, oh, and then per, and the price, is there a deposit payable? Is there, um, uh, if it's an installment sale agreement, it's a completely different uh, document. You can't use a, a OTP, but there might be more than one um, deposit payable. Some part might be financed, some part might be cash. Or whatever, just make sure that, that, that all of those amounts are the correct amounts, add up to the total, and that the timelines for the, the delivery of those um, uh, things, especially if you're the buyer, just make sure you give yourself enough time uh, to secure a bond or to um, free up your, your investments or whatever you, wherever you're getting the money from uh, to ensure that, that everything is, is okay there. So those are like the three essentials, the parties, the property, and, and the price, but you can see that even within those, there's things to keep an eye out for and also some wiggle room as to, to change some details. Well understood. As we draw close, close to an end here, Gareth, I think what I'm picking up here is that as a property investor, you need to have tools, right? And uh, Gareth, you've mentioned a couple of tools actually here. Uh, one of them that you mentioned is your own template of your offer to purchase that speaks to you so that you don't have to be talking to many estate agents with them with their own versions of the truth. So you've got your own truth that guides you. The second one here, the second tool that you also speak of about is where you can actually go and draw reports to validate this property is owned by X, right, by Mrs. X. Uh, and there's many uh, um, uh, platforms where you can actually draw these reports uh, from TPN to Winded to Lightstone. We'll put the links below if you've never done it. Some of them you can literally just pay a one-off fee. So you want a report, it's five, 10 rand, you check the price. Uh, for some of them, you can subscribe, right? So which means that you pay a monthly fee and you have the X, you've got a bundle, right? Um, but all of those things. So if you're serious about your investment, you know, that's the route that I would take uh, because then it forces me to kind of like, remember, I need to, that payment I'm paying, what am I using it? <clears throat> what am I using it for? And then the third thing that you speak of, uh, Gareth here, in terms from a tools perspective, uh, I, I, I don't want to say it's a tool here, uh, but I also think, I think it's a tool. Um, and we don't speak about this one. It's almost kind of like we, we think of it as a, as a norm, the ability to read. 
I think it's important, or not even the ability, the willingness to read. Um, so as and when these contracts come in, uh, Gareth can be there for you. I can, we can be doing all these uh, videos and things like that. But if you're not willing to read what the contracts are saying, whether it is your own contract or the estate agent's co contract, simple things like uh, the ones that Gareth has mentioned here, they can bite you in the bum if you didn't know. So imagine a house that was selling for a million and it says including VAT and you didn't see that. That's a plus 15% on your, on, 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 your, on your bottom price that you're now buying. So all of a sudden, where are you going to get the 15%? Imagine if it was also saying that you are responsible for the estate agent fees at 10%. Now, all of a sudden, you got a plus 15%, plus a 10%. So sometimes, yes, having the right tools is right. But I think the best tool out of it is the willingness to read and understand. If you don't understand, Gareth, what happens if, like, I remember the point, I didn't understand any contracts and I reached out to you and I'm like, this, this, this doesn't make sense for us. Um, and I've seen that lawyers, and I don't know whether you guys do this deliberately, Gareth, like there's certain English that you guys use in contracts that is like, I, I don't know. And if I go and check in the dictionary, I'm lost even further. So when I get into a contract like that, whether it is for an offer to purchase or whether for a normal contract, Gareth, how should one progress there? Do you walk away from the deal? Do you come through to a person like you to say, please interpret, what does this mean for me? Um, what's your recommendation there? Well, first thing is never sign anything you don't understand. Right. Um, because you don't know, you have no clue then what, what your exposure is. So never sign something you don't understand, rather get it checked out. Um, basically, I see this as uh, punishing everyone else for the fact that I had to study Latin at university. So I'll put, <laughs> I can put those in a put those in a contract. Um, yeah. Also, what's important? Another important thing is what you can do is if you create your own contract, is put your own uh, team in place. Right. So you stipulate your own bond originator, for example. Um, right. I, I know we use uh, uh, the same bond originators. Uh, for different things yeah. um, and those are people that are reliable and I'm happy to recommend uh, those uh, someone if, if someone contacts me but what you know then is that for example if you're selling and the and the buyer has buyer's remorse and doesn't really pursue their finance application and then wants to use that as an excuse to get out the agreement you know that your bond originator is going to drive the process you know that if you appoint your own conveyancer your conveyancer is going to drive the process and you can appoint your own uh, conveyancer uh, to do both the bond and the uh, transfer if they are on the, the required panels at a sufficient level. Um, otherwise, but, but what you do when you build your team like that into your own contract is that is that you can ensure also that the, that if that conveyancer is going to get that transfer is almost certainly going to have a quick look at any uh, contract that you submit just to ensure that everything is above board. Uh, and, and that you can go ahead. And if you have any questions, I mean, if there's issues like building plans, zoning, um, one that's come up recently quite a lot is um, uh, uh, specialist inspections. I, I know also that, that, that we know of people in, in that 
uh, area who, who conduct specialist inspections before you go in. Um, that's in addition to your uh, electrical compliance and electric fence compliance and gas compliance that you need. So you need all of those things in place. But the one that's come up quite a lot recently is uh, body corporate financials. You don't want to buy into a complex that is about to be declared insolvent or sequestrated or whatever the, the consequences are. You okay. need to you, you need to check that because that is actually something that's outside of what the normal thing is. Normally, you would look to see, okay, is the, the seller okay to sell this, this property? But you actually need to ensure things like zoning, like body corporate financials and that are also um, above board. And then lastly, in, in, you can put in a due diligence to conduct your own investigations to see if the property can be subdivided or things like that, which would be which could be very important to your um, investment because if you invest with the intention of subdividing and subsequently find out that it can't be subdivided, um, then your whole business model might be thrown out the window and you might actually make a loss on that investment. In a nutshell, Garrett, what you're saying is an offer to purchase is a document that two parties can actually uh, discuss and negotiate upon. That's number one. Number two, there are some non-negotiables. There are things that are supposed to be in there. You call them essentials. And then number three, there is certain things that you need to be cautious of based on what you are going to do with the property. So if you're seeing that you want to drive the property into this angle here, then you need to be making sure that out of that, uh, it favors you and those things are in place or they are allowed for you to be doing it. And that's what an offer to purchase is all about if we had to put it in a nutshell. Correct. Awesome stuff, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to pack it here, but don't forget to watch the other videos that we have done. And if you like something that, if you like of these uh, videos that we have done and you have never subscribed at this time, you need to subscribe so that you get to get the notification the next time we are live again. Gareth, any final words on the offer to purchase? Yes, make it your own document. Don't be um, influenced by anyone into accepting anything that is not 100% uh, the way you want it. Boom, we'll check you on the next video.